When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala, and I know entirely too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You guys know that if you're just joining us. That's the deal. You know what else is the deal? I'm always joined by the same co-host. She's very skeptical of the Rock Hall, but we've been doing the show for several years now, so she has quite a bit of knowledge. She's one of the leading experts on the topic, if I may, if <laughs> I may say so. It's Kristen Stuttered. Hi, Kristen. Hello, Joe. Oh, wow. Yeah, reluctant expert. I mm-hmm. think Absolutely. is maybe my new title. The reluctant expert. Wow. Here she is. Uh, well, Kristen, you're sounding great on the AKG, Truly. as always. Although it's, you know, if we start recording in person again, we won't need the AKG. Wow. Uh, it'll be on and off. But for today's episode, AKG coming in clean and clear. Very excited to have a return guest with us. Potentially, we're talking about people who are experts on the Rock Hall. This might be a guy who thinks about the Rock Hall maybe more than I do. It's possible. He covers the Rock Hall for the Cleveland Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. He is a music and pop culture critic. We are so happy to bring back to the show Troy Smith. Hi, Troy. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. You know, you, you, it's been a while, but you guys have become, I think, the go-to podcast uh, for rock and roll, all things Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I'm excited to be back here. Wow. <laughs> I see all stories of- that are like quoting you guys. Wow. Like, I mean, yeah, it's pretty impressive. We, we've how far we've come. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pretty soon you'll be getting paid to cover the rock call like me and, and that'll be your life. Yeah. And then it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Troy, we haven't talked to you since, you know, this kind of season of rock call stuff has happened. I'm curious. I got to know, like off the top, what do you think about this class? What do you think about the induction ceremony? Uh, that's coming to us this fall. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, it's pretty crazy, like, being here in Cleveland because the ceremony is here in Cleveland, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they announced the nominees, and I think we all kind of knew we were going to get a show that was going to have some combination of huge stars, you know, mm-hmm. Jay-Z, Foo Fighters, uh, whether Tina Turner shows up or not, you know, things like that. So it was a lot of hype. Then they moved it to the bigger arena here. So I think right. it's it's become such a huge event that I'm really excited for it. And unfortunately, you know, I, I saw that Todd Rundgren isn't coming, which I'm very excited about just to cut down on the amount of time. ceremony. Yep. <laughs> so it's all good with me, but um, it's going to be a huge musical event. And I think from what I'm hearing, you know, Jay-Z is very elusive as you guys, as everybody knows, right. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't talk much. I, I think he's going to be there. So yeah, I, I think so too. Know, yeah. So I think that's going to make it, you know, being a press person and being in the press room when a star like that shows up, whether it's a Janet Jackson or someone's honoring Nirvana or something like that, it just takes it to the next level. And you see every major outlet there. Everyone's trying to get in. It's going to be huge. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, well, cause you know, Foo Fighters are a guarantee. They're a lock. They will be there. They're going to, they're going to show up. They've been playing the game since day one. They're there. But if you get Jay-Z, I mean, you've already got, like, it's going to be a big day in Cleveland, big day for Cleveland uh, music, big day for the hall of fame, big day for inducting living artists, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, not Todd Rundgren. No, Todd Rundgren's going to be what, 60 miles away in <laughs> yeah. Cincinnati or something like that? He'll be downstate, as they say. It's like the low, it's just such a old rocker, like classic rocker way of sticking it to him. Like, I'm going to play a show in front of 500 people in Cincinnati instead. It's, like, <laughs> it's a troll what? move. It's 100% a troll move. It's absolutely the dumbest thing, and I do believe he will live to regret it. I've already gone off about it. Mm-hmm. I just think it's incredibly stupid. Yeah. You're nobody is impressed by this. <laughs> nobody thinks you're like too cool for the rock hall. Everybody knows. His yeah. agent, his agent's like, dude, seriously, like mm-hmm. we get no press that this is what you do. <laughs> and I will I will say this will be my my sound bite. I don't know how much more we'll we'll talk about Todd Rundgren, but my sound bite, and this is if anyone knows Todd and they want to give him something, all I will say is you do not get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame again. This is gonna happen once, man. And if yeah, you don't want to you're not Dave Grohl. Okay. You know <laughs> you're not Eric Clapton, <laughs> you're not Dave Grohl, you're not Stevie Nicks. <laughs> But it's not, it's not, he's not going to get inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame again. This is the one time that that's going to happen and you want to be there for it. I really believe that. But do you know, it's something could happen to Cincinnati and this could be the last time he could ever play to Cincinnati ever <laughs> this could again. Be the, he only gets to perform in Cincinnati. Yeah. And also, I should mention that people are only allowed to perform in Cincinnati once. One time. <laughs> I'll say this, you know, my, to put my final thought on it it ain't going to take much for him to cancel that Cincinnati show. So let's not get carried away. No, he won't have to really change the tour up too much because he will be in the area, but yeah, it, it's too bad. But I do, you know, I think there is going to be, I mean, obviously if Jay-Z is there, I think there is going to be a list talent at mm-hmm. this rock hall induction ceremony. I I'm starting to think Beyonce inducting Tina is close to a lock. It makes sense. You know, it makes Oh my sense. gosh. It's, it's, um, I... it, J and Bay just everywhere. People see them. You get, you get on Twitter. I think they were here for the NBA finals, you know, years oh, yeah. ago, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It was all of a sudden, you know, they were at Starbucks, you know, and then the news stations are going to like a Starbucks. And of course they weren't at the Starbucks. <laughs> people to take care of that certainly yeah i think i you know we will learn more as as the weeks and months progress but i think it, we are looking at an exciting ceremony and i'm excited to go we all know too that i will absolutely lose my actual mind if beyonce is there i mean i'll lose my actual i've seen her in concert twice i love her but to this would be it would be a very cool thing for her to is this going to be how big is this venue this is where the um the Cavs play the Cavs it's play huge. it's a huge yeah, it's about you know and they just redid it so it's like a still one of the state-of-the-art venues um, so it's 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 about I mean maybe 20,000 people I mean it seats more people with the VIP sections that they have um than the Barclay Center so this will be probably a good chance barring social guidelines, the most people that have ever attended a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony in person. 
Oh my gosh. That's incredible. Yeah, that's really, that that's something to look forward to. And hopefully, you know, it can happen, you know. Uh, now, the question is, where will we be? Will we be in the rafters? Will, be, will we be in the press room? People, start, uh, start pulling the, those strings. Help us pick. out. I mean, look, I've seen a lot. You know, you guys have been doing a great job covering the Rock Hall. I'll say this. I'm from Rochester, New York, originally, born and raised. And I was at the last ceremony I was at in New York. This guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, I heard you're from Rochester. I'm like, who the hell are you? Why do you know where I'm from? You know, this kind of thing. And he's like, I'm with the Rochester Music Hall of Fame. And I'm sitting there like, how the hell did you get in here? Like, we, 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 it don't take much. It don't take much. I, I think I think you guys we have can earned find your a way spot in. with the press. I think you guys have earned your spot with the press. I'm going to put in a good word for you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. We got to get you just so I can hang out with you guys. You I know. know. Yeah, first, everybody, <laughs> you can fun. hear the first string is being pulled. Let's get and and we we would love that, but uh, Chris and I also think we got to make a play to see if we can get free seats at a table or something. Yeah, I'm like, trying to oh I'm God. trying to be closer. I'm trying to I'm not be behind that. the banners this year. That's what I my, anything <laughs> just low enough anything to have a lower clear than eye the line. banners where you have a clear eye line I, will be an improvement for me. I you know and and beyond that, sky's the limit. You know. Let's do it. We need to get, yeah, I'm going to put in, we need a, a suite. That's what I think we need. We need one of those Perfect. state-of-the-art suites that they put in at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse mm-hmm. just for all the the uh, Rock Hall bloggers and, and everybody that, that's committed <laughs> all the, to this. All the true fans. Oh, yes. my God. The Rock it's Hall me. truthers <laughs> out mm-hmm. there. That, that's us for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it now. Troy, I don't know that if you know this, but we are in the middle of one of our themed months that we are doing in anticipation of the ceremony. It is Foo Lai all month. We will be doing episodes revolving somehow around the Foo Fighters. And we've. And it's done- still not over. This isn't the last one. You would think, but there are five Fridays in July, and that means there are five Fridays in Fulai. So this is episode four of five. We're almost done, but not quite. Now, before we jump into exactly what we will be talking about this episode, I have to say there are breaking foos. There's breaking news. Breaking foos? Breaking news in, in the Foo Fighter world. Now, the Foo Fighters are kind of at, feel like they're at the forefront of Concerts are coming back. We're leading the charge. Oh, as, I know this. Yes. So, and they did. They did a, a. They did a show in Madison Square Garden, and it was you have to be vaccinated to get in. And you know, it was like rock is back, live music is back, and they were planning on doing a similar thing here at the Forum. It was actually supposed to be last Saturday, but they have to postpone because someone and i'm quoting them within the foo fighters organization tested positive for covid yes i did see that on our social media breaking foos i can't it believe is. it yeah. do they have any more information there's no more information ab- no, beyond that i think i think that's all they're keeping a tight lid on it now we could get into speculation mode we do know that there is a member of the Foo Fighters who has it, some alternative views on, oh no. I guess, how do I, how do I delicately put this? Health and wellness. Oh um, dear. Nate Mendel, who put together the benefit show for a live. Oh, the, the, the AIDS, the AIDS denialist. denialist. 
All I'm saying is if you deny that there's a connection between HIV and AIDS, you might have some alternative thinking about vaccines. That's, I, I don't mean to speculate, I'm just saying. But beyond wow. that, I have found someone who has supported anti-vaccination groups, Age of Autism and Generation Rescue, uh. Taylor Hawkins. No! Taylor! This Come is, on. I, I found this from a, from, you know, maybe like six or seven years ago, but did you, yes. Did you follow the money? You got I, to the, like, how did no, you, I followed the money. Did you get a source? What kind of, did he tweet about it? it was like, just, just dropped, you know, couple K on autism is caused by vaccines. I found, I found the Facebook page for age of autism. And Saturday night in L.A., Taylor Hawkins of Foo Fighters performs in an intimate event to support Generation Rescue and Age of Autism on behalf of his nephew. Can't thank him enough. And, yeah. And these are rabid anti-vaccination groups. And this is from, like again, like 2013 or something. Well, they're out of the Ooh. rock hall. So yeah. <laughs> they come out. Put Rage Against the Machine in. There we go. Sw- fl- swap them out. It's it's that interesting easy. though because the Foo Fighters have been very publicly the organization very you know you have to be vaccinated to go to our show you know I think they even like popped up and played at some like vaccination sites they have been publicly very supportive and and on Taylor the right has side. played with those groups. He has played shows like, like at in those, support. Like he's he's yeah. played pro vax things, because when I when you say yeah, that, yeah, in, so we, you, he, well, he played with the Foo Fighters, obviously for the pro vax stuff. When I hear the thank you saying in support of his nephew, it sounds to me like he might have a nephew uh, with autism, right. maybe whose family believes that it was somehow linked to the vaccination, which has been disproven um, mm-hmm. many, many times. But perhaps he was like, I don't know, I'm like doing it as a favor to his family, family member yeah. who was like, because it wasn't like the whole Foo Fighters played, right? Taylor Hawkins correct, what, just correct, did a correct. drum solo or it something. Seemed, it seemed, I mean, like he, he has put out a he's he put out sing, a solo yeah. albums okay. and he can sing and like he can. I mean, he's got charisma. He's mini girl. We we've talked about this, yeah. but I, I guess I, I'm not in any way excusing raising money for uh, disinformation, but I do think I don't know if maybe that's like a staunchly held belief of his own, much in the way that I don't know that for the sure. Foo Fighters don't believe that HIV causes AIDS. I think they might have been not, I won't say the victim, but they might have not vetted what they were like a charity is a charity, yeah, you know, that's, like, that's, a, like that's, you're being very generous. I think with, I am, the, really am, which is weird. Cause I don't even care about them. Yeah. I mean, but I, but you know, you, you, if you, ha- I, the speculation can go either way, I, I guess is the, the bottom line. And we don't know who, again, we don't know who well, has COVID. Also, we people can't who've say been who vaccinated does. can also still get COVID. Like you can mm-hmm. still test positive for COVID even if true. you've been vaccinated. And you know, I think it's kind of happening with the <clears throat> Olympics. Uh, yeah. Yikes! But you know, so I mean, maybe it was someone who was vaccinated who was like asymptomatic or having a mild case. You never know. So anyway, it felt prudent, prudent to. 
to no, bring up. No, you can't say foodent. That's 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 actually that's too far. That really doesn't work. Fulai is barely working. But it it just feels <laughs> like we're, we're in the spirit. Uh, and I'll I'll if I if it comes up, I will do a pun. You found some new information. There you go. That's a pretty good one. That was good. Wasn't too bad. I liked it. Thank you. So anyway, I, it felt like something to, and I felt like no one had really connected the dots. I was, <laughs> I was fooling the money. Um, and, and spent all day on this all day project. Oh, I just no. want, I, you know, and I, I do think it's too bad because I think these, you know, live music returning is is going to be a really important and uh, exciting healing and, experience. Heal, hopefully, yeah. And it's it's too bad that that the forum show. Who knows when that's gonna be rescheduled but that was a big event that uh, had to uh had to be sidelined that makes me nervous about the hall ceremony like what's gonna be ha- i don't know i really yeah. thought we were coming out of the dark on this and then well, i get back care. yeah they don't care here in ohio <laughs> the governor's uh you know he's uh you can you don't need a mask you don't need a mask it's all just oh you know, wow i'm no. sure the money look it they're gonna make so much money the rock hall is and their benefactors and everybody associated with this ceremony based on the number of tables, you know, at $100,000 a pop um, that they're going to be able to sell. So it's going to be crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, and you know, that's not the only piece of uh, breaking foos. I have something on a more positive note. It's not exactly, you know, general news, but on a more positive note, and it's not a positive test. (laughs) Yes. Um, I was and I, let me paint the picture for you. Oh, dear. I'm in the car. I have on one of our favorite stations in L.A., KCSN 88.5. Yes. And I hear this groovy little song. It's got like kind of, it's like kind of soulful. And I'm listening to the vocals. And I'm thinking, is this Dave Grohl? I've been Am I just so deep into Foo Lai that I'm hearing Dave Grohl where he's not? Like we've been doing all these shows about the Foo Fighters. Am I starting to go insane? Well, the thing, not... the, the truth about Dave Grohl though is he really is everywhere. Like you're probably yeah. not paranoid because Dave Grohl really is. Ever- were you watching? Were they airing a documentary on the <laughs> <laughs> on the radio, a music documentary? Well, it, it, I mean, it was just like a, a fun little song and did not sound like the Foo Fighters. And I thought maybe I started to think like, are Dave Grohl's vocals like influential? Like, are there new singers who sound like him? But then I found out that it is a recently released remix by Mark Ronson of a song from the new Foo Fighters album called Making a Fire. And folks, I love it. Oh, you sent that to me. And you know what? I did listen to it, if you can believe it. I listened to the original and I listened to the Ronson remix. I prefer the Ronson remix. Yeah, me too. I think it's pretty good. It's fun. And we kind of shit on, sight unseen, kind of shit on their new album, which to be fair, I didn't listen to. And now I feel like I have, I want to gladly walk it back because, and then I listened to the original version of Making a Fire as well. And it has that fun, you know, it has like na-na-nas and it, uh, it's like one of the more 
cheerful Foo Fighter songs I've maybe ever heard. It's a phenomenal album. I got to be honest with you. It's not. I actually. Okay, I, I was like, Troy. I, I listened to it. I saw the promo photo of them in like the disco outfits. And then I just started fucking with my fantasy football team. I don't got time for the Foo Fighters to do this weird stuff. You know, ever since when he bought, when, when Grohl bought the, the soundboard that Nirvana recorded on just to record an album for Foo Fighters, like, you know, artists reach a certain point where they're struggling for motivation and inspiration, you know, and they start mm-hmm. doing weird stuff. More power to them, but yeah, nothing. I actually, I was a big Foo Fighters fan, or I am, you know, their, their like first five albums, but I just can't get up for them anymore. So I guess I'll wait till I hear it accidentally or something like that, <laughs> like you driving in the car. Yeah, yeah. It's, hear a Mark I, I gotta say, remix. I you know I recommend that experience when you're not expecting it. Because the thing is, Grohl's voice really is super identifiable. But when it is not surrounded by the foo sound, it it really it strikes you, and you you feel you feel like you're you woke up in a field and you don't know where you are. But there's <laughs> but there's something very familiar next to you. You're on your own pillow, you know. <laughs> I um I watched that Clive Davis documentary. I flew home to Chicago and I had a few I also watched the Clarence Avant one as well and that mm-hmm. one was really good. But Grohl makes an appearance in old Clive's uh doc. No, he he doesn't talk or anything, but there's just some shots of him playing the drums like at Clive Davis's Grammy party and mm-hmm. You know, you got. I don't think he made it into the Black Godfather documentary, but <laughs> that would have been very he strange. Also, he probably got it's cut. In the bonus footage, the uh, after credit scene. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Roll, you know, hanging out with Quincy Jones. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I also, yeah, I watch. Was he in the Quincy doc? I also watched the Quincy doc recently. I'm no, really, he's not in the I'm Quincy getting in doc. there. No. He stands in for Michael Jackson in the Quincy doc. In the Quincy doc. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so we haven't even gotten to what we are going to talk about for this episode. It is Foo Lai. We have talked about the band and their history. We revisited an old episode we did about the Foo Fighters. We talked about the worst names in the Rock Hall. Now, we've talked a lot about how (laughs) Dave Grohl is deep within the institution of the Rock Hall. He is not only a mainstay at the ceremonies, we know that he is on the nominating committee. Mm-hmm. Last year for the pandemic special, he hosted the ceremony being the de facto face of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Foo Fighters induction this year on perhaps many levels is the Rock Hall honoring itself. So for this episode, I want to go through the history of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame honoring itself because <laughs> that is a thing that has happened. Has it not, Troy? And I'll do you one better real quick with the Foo Fighters. When they did the announcement that the ceremony was going to be at this big arena here in Cleveland as opposed to public auditorium, the historic venue that it's always hosted in Cleveland, they start playing this video. Like, so, you know, it's one of those videos. Somebody just started using their new drone and all we get is a bunch of skyline shots of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I hear those opening chords to all my life by Foo Fighters. <laughs> and I'm like, 
really Foo Fighters again for another Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announcement. <laughs> this before they even put him in. It was like, a, you know, it's like no subtle, you know, association. It was before they even announced the inductees. We got, that just starts with Foo Fighters and a drone circling Cleveland. And it's, it, it, they've been waiting a long time. All my life. They went all, all their life, life for Foo Fighters. <laughs> they've been waiting. Fighters. They've been waiting a long time until they could become eligible and just get them right in on that first year. God. Yeah. Oof. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking about like literally all of the managers and um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really, it, it happens mostly via the non-performer category. Yeah. Because... I think of last year's non-performer inductions and mm-hmm. I, yeah, I am. <laughs> So, I mean, there's this thing where the hall and the board, which is something that I've been looking into because the board of directors, in my opinion, is even more secretive than the nominating committee. So there's this board of directors, which the from the beginning, the hall has made it like a priority or the way they construct the board of directors is that they want the heads of the major labels to be on the board. And they also have established that they are going to induct the heads of major labels. So what you have is you have them pretty quickly inducting themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I met Erdogan um, and that whole group of, of guys, you know, and not that and we, we shouldn't say that, you know, the majority of these people probably deserve to be in, in this, non-perview based on the history of music but i think it goes beyond the just the non-performer categories because those categories are attached to other things like if you think about it right so doobie brothers about five years ago the doobie brothers started mounting a campaign to get into the rock hall and this wasn't public but their pr people would email you press interviews they wanted specifically to talk about the rock hall candidacy and stuff and as part of them mounting this campaign they signed a new manager it was Irving Itzhoff. They signed him in 20, he signed with him in 2016. And, you know, coincidentally or not, they, they wind up getting into the rock hall. So there's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, as you know, researching the, the board, like you have, that's almost like everyone's story. It's like, who was on your team? Who were you associated with? Mm-hmm. And you, if you have a direct tie, which a lot of these artists do, even ones you don't think would, to the mu- these music industry types that have been associated with the rock hall, they get in right away, those artists do. I just think it's really interesting that the Doobie Brothers were like, it's 2016, time for a new manager. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, that's a, and it worked. But it paid off. Yeah, exactly. But I guess I'm like, who is trying to sign the Doobie Brothers in 2016? But, you, but look at like the Go-Go's. I mean, they were all excited that they're in. There's no mistake with the documentary. You know, they go on, they make a point to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the documentary. It's another group that mounted a campaign, you know, with their PR people to get into the Rock Hall and started connecting with industry types, you know, certain places that maybe they weren't connected with. Because they got to play the game, I guess, you know, and it it goes, I don't know, I'll probably want to dig into the weeds of Jan Wenner and the, the conspiracy theories. People don't know. The Rock Hall began with a lawsuit, so it was always corrupt from the jump. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was an idea that another man had that uh, basically on winner and some of the industry types conspired to keep him away from it. Yeah. So that, that Nobody talks about that because they settled that out of court, of course. 
course. Yeah, and that's well documented in Sticky Fingers, the the book about yeah. Jan Wenner. This guy. I was like, is that God. the Motley Crew? <laughs> that's the dirt. You're, that's you're, no, it was, you're thinking of the dirt. <laughs> The dirt, but yeah, but Jan, wait, Jan, what? Oh, stuff. Sticky Fingers is a Rolling Stones album, Kristen. Yeah, well, it's good. right, yeah, yeah. And uh, getting back to the kind of the genesis of the rock hall, it was this guy who wanted to make a pay per view event, and he was working with Leslie Gore. And they were trying Leslie to Gore make it forever. happen. And Jan, and I think Ahmet, and maybe some other people, like kind of cozied up to him to be like, let's do this together. And more or less ran out the clock until his uh, copyright or whatever on the name Rock Hall lapsed. And then they were able to snatch it. It was uh, not great. <laughs> you know, they, they busted said, his kneecaps. They didn't run out no clock. <laughs> they they said to kneecaps. Leslie Gore, you don't own the copyright. There you go. That was, was a yeah. stretch, but it was not as much of a stretch as because she she sings "You Don't Own Me." That's correct. No, that it works. That was it was um you that was your, what I was going for. In the spirit of fool, I appreciate you going for that. <laughs> um, and I, we might be getting some of the details of this of this. Uh, no, it's it's wrong, about but, right. I mean, it's it, the lawsuit's not open, right? Like I said, there was a lawsuit, and it was I believe settled out of court, so yeah. it's not public knowledge, but. You know, when you, it's all everything, the way people, you talk to anyone who was involved, I talked to Norm Knight, um, you know, people are involved in the origin, the origins of the Rock Hall. They tend to tell this story, you know, as if it's wrapped in a nice little bow, but it was not like that. When you're dealing with music industry, the deep, deep, you know, the, or the highest ends of the music industry, it's never not corrupt, is it? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah, so you know what we're going to do is we are going to go through chronologically the classes of inductees, and we will be pointing out the inductees who are part of the Rock Hall. You know, and we will be going through a history of the Rock Hall honoring itself, and we are going to do that after we take a little bit of a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We hope you had a nice little break. Over your break, Kristen, we hope you... We hope you rolled on through. We hope you kept things rolling and you rolled right along. Uh, we hope you were rolling on whatever river is closest to you. <laughs> Metaphorical <laughs> or literal. All right. First year of the Rock Hall, 1986. We have John Hammond, who was on the board who was on the nominating committee inducted in that first year. So out of the gate, they didn't waste any time. They put somebody on the board on the nominating committee into the hall. And listen, like, again, like you, and I want to reiterate what, what Troy mentioned earlier, which is that like, you know, if you are going to have a rock and hall of fame that inducts people who made a difference outside of performing, then, you know, a lot of these names, there's an absolute case for them. We're not implying that like this shouldn't have happened, but John Hammond uh, out of the gate. Right. The I mean, he day. has his own organ. Kristen. So, Kristen. so well, he it, should be in. It goes to the, the flaw right from the beginning with the rock and roll. Hall of Fame. I always compare, I always hold the baseball hall of fame process. They were at least the original process, you know, it's like the Holy grail of hall of fame because they have the writers vote. 
So you kind of remove that incestual thing going on, like, you know, where you're nominating people who are sitting across the table from you or voting mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think once you're, you have all those people in the room and they're nominating people, I mean, we don't know what happens. Do they excuse? Was John Hammond excused from the room? <laughs> I doubt they started it. talking about whether he should be inducted. So that right away, as you point out, right away, there's the flaw yeah. in, in putting people in. And that's a direct induction too. That's not a balloted induction. And so, yeah, you know, they will say that there are subcommittees that determine this, but uh, you know, that's the subcommittees are within the hall. It does not go out to a larger voting body. The subcommittee Um, was John Hammond. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. He said, I am as good as Chuck Berry. Mm -hmm. Put me in. First year, let's go. Who is he? I they talked about him <laughs> briefly in the uh, Clive Davis. Oh yeah, documentary. His name at least was uttered by somebody. He Who was is he? like a talent scout and producer, and he he would put on a lot of shows that were really popular in the early days of rock and roll. He was also concerned, and this is great, with taking down the racial barrier in live music shows. And so he put on some shows that that was the kind of the intention in addition to like exposing this music to a wider array of people. He did, he like discovered Bob Dylan. He discovered Bruce Springsteen. He's a, you know, a pivotal talent scout producer type from that era. Do you think that people who are not musicians should be in the rock hall? It's a great question. question. (laughs) That's a great question. Um, And I don't know how I feel, especially given that the hall is constructed to be run by those people. You know, like you were saying with the baseball hall of fame, they don't induct baseball writers into the baseball hall of fame, do they? Um, I don't think so. I mean, like coaches, you know, or I'm sorry, managers in baseball get in. um, couple owners writers but are they on the board yeah it's like no no i mean well they have a problem now the baseball thing they do have subcommittees from the veterans committee and the problem they're running into now is some of the you know uh borderline candidates that have got in on those committees have some former coaches of theirs some former players of theirs so they are now starting to run into a similar problem but I don't mind like if uh, Ahmet Erdogan or Quincy Jones or someone is inducted, Clive Davis is inducted. I think there's been far too many people over the years that aren't musicians. So yeah, it's, I mean, right away, like right from yeah. the jump. Like, it's also like these are these are the bosses. You know, mm-hmm. these are these a lot of these guys are they're the they're the gatekeepers. They're usually multimillionaires. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they should be put in. In Does my John Wenner need to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I would say no. Like, if he wasn't, would you be clamoring for it? No. Especially so. if you didn't have any other non-performers in, you wouldn't think about it because it would be about. Wait a second, the music. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting thought. Well, and it sounds like what's going on with the Baseball Hall of Fame is similar to some of the things that are that happen in the Rock Hall, which is you, you're getting to the second and third tier of each category. And that's kind of what's happened with the Hall as well, with musical acts from the, you know, 60s, 70s and beyond. Like There's I, plenty, I, I don't know, like... I mean, would you rather see, I look at some of these guys that go in, like Steve Van Zandt, like without the man, you know, I interviewed him and he's like, with a, we got to get land down or we got to get more of these managers and without the managers, we don't have the artists. And it's just kind of like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. I would much rather prefer, a, you know, a Rick Rubin, somebody who founded, you know, co-founded a label. I'm a- 
Yeah. Producers, I'm a hundred percent behind producers getting in the rock hall. These managers to me, I am like, they've already got enough power. They already have enough. It's like the one thing that a manager doesn't re- like, they have that behind the scenes power. You know, most people who aren't doing a podcast about music every week do not know the names of the big power player managers in music. Mm-hmm. And this feels like an ex- a chance for them to get that one thing that they don't have, which is the fame part of it. It's like, oh, everybody in the industry knows that this person is a very important, influential, powerful person. But now we're actually like acknowledging that out loud, a front facing in a front facing way. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like, okay, I guess you really just want to have it all. Okay. You can't, you can't just be yeah. like rich and powerful <laughs> and a kingmaker and a gatekeeper. And, Love me. Love you know, me. yeah, exactly. I also want exactly your notor. I want your affection. I want the fame. I want to be, I want to be as important. I want to be in the same echelon as the artists that I have ushered into the public eye. Yeah. Well, I think and, like you had to ask who he was, you know, you yeah. know and, and that's not to say like, John Hammond hasn't done some great things, but he's not, you know, Barry Gordy or someone like, like, I, it's just, mm-hmm. and that's, and we're talking about, and I say that in the sense that we're talking about the first class, you know, no one's going, who's Ray Charles, you know, who's, who's little Richard, who's mm-hmm. the, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The first class, like, I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, but uh, you know, if there are non-performers, I may be thinking the, the names that aren't as big, I'm more down for because there's a story there that's not told. At any rate, the second year, surprise, there was restraint holding him to the second year, but Amit inducts himself. The chairman of the he board. He inducted himself. Okay, I mean, it would be funny if he gave his himself. own speech. And now I'd he like to welcome somebody. myself. What I, mean, what I mean is that, I mean, Jan inducted him. So Oh, geez. But the, These guys raised just, the money to open a museum, cut the ribbon. And then made sure they picked out the spot where they wanted their like. <laughs> yeah, know, they got on stage like, and actually yeah. jerked each other off. You know, now, Ahmet was the literal chairman of the board and he was on the nominating yeah. committee. And he was both of those things from the very beginning until his death uh, in 2006. So he was the guy. He was number one rock in charge. Creation. He was. Yeah. And, you know, when people decry Jan Wenner, about gatekeeping that is true because Jan took over after Ahmet died but like no one ever says Ahmet's name and he's really he was in charge for a very long stretch they say of time it every there. year when they give out the award the named Erdogan after award. him I mean the uh, the people who are critical of the he was fortunate because you when you get those early classes right you kind of can't really fuck them up too bad like mm-hmm. you yeah. know like you could yeah, yeah. keep right. it. it's kind of like well we got this pool of like the greatest musicians that ever lived yeah the real the real issues with the inductees that people have tend to come later on in the process yeah mm-hmm. i bet wasn't keeping you know the who out or something like that <laughs> yeah. exactly like, i ate the who we're not getting it for sure absolutely yeah. and then also in 87 the second year we got jerry wexler who was on the, he wasn't on the board, but he was on the nominating committee from the beginning until he left when Ahmet died. So we have two insiders inducted in the second year. Uh, and then we have the aforementioned Barry Gordy Jr. Uh, was inducted in 1988. He was on the board from 87 to about 
93 or so and then became an honorary board member, which I don't know exactly what that means. I think that means you you get the title of being on the board, but you don't have to show up anymore. Mm-hmm. Doubt he showed up in the first place. <laughs> 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 He's in like Detroit. They're like, oh, we got a meeting. He's like, I'm sending my proxy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, some, yeah. Some the 13th member of the temptations who's like <laughs> living in New York. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, he wasn't on the nominating committee, so it wasn't like he felt like he had to, I could see him being invested in that wanting to get the, that's the other right. thing about these, these label heads being involved with the hall is they have skin in the game and they want their acts to be mm-hmm. inducted because that only strengthens their brand. Or they go the opposite. They don't push for, you know, you never know somebody had a falling out with an artist on their label. That's somebody that they might not be prone to push for, even if it's a deserving artist, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, this is, I didn't include Phil Spector on the list because he was (laughs) inducted before he was involved, but he did become involved. He was a member of the nominating committee and he famously wouldn't let the Ronettes be considered. Because, you know, the bad blood there with him and his ex-wife and, you know, a a group that he never respected because he felt he was the genius behind all of it. Yeah. What's cool is he just he hadn't done enough to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Did he still have a vote when he was in prison? Like, did he still? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. They probably mailed his ballot to jail. That's a great that, question. That's the one place that where I, a felon I, can I, vote. I that we need to like put a pin in that, and mm-hmm. our, our listeners need to remind us of that because if I you really, murder someone. Do you still get a vote? Because <laughs> if if they sent him a ballot in jail, I bet he would have filled it out. Mm. I, I mean, what else are you doing? Yeah, you know, not a, I not see a ton what of... his ballot looked like. There was names probably crossed out, and he was writing in. Like, it's in blood. You know? <laughs> yeah good lord yeah. probably wrote his own name in again yeah i could see that you know he was a he was well mentally 1991 we get not only a board member not only on the nominating committee but the brother of ahmed erdogan Nasuhi erdogan what i hate it here <laughs> Let's get, I really don't like, this is a very frustrating category for me because it's making, it's reminding me of how angry I am about this stupid ass institution. It's, it is actually reigniting the flame of who fucking cares because it's just so stupid. It's uh, any industry, any institution is always going to be just congratulating itself left and right and being like, I'm the genius only. It's just, it's like the history of the victors. I really. What oh. you don't know though, is that eventually Ahmed's plumber was inducted. It's all of fame. You know, I was looking, I was looking at some of those early or early board members and early uh, nominating committee members. And we know famously, not a lot of women. One of the only women was a woman named Noreen Woods, who was Ahmed's secretary. Perfect. She got (laughs) in. She she was on the board, but she was on the board ex officio, which means she didn't get a vote, but she was there probably to write stuff down. Take notes. But we're not even counting people who were on the board at some point who then eventually got in as well. I, mean, I think we're getting there. We're, we're getting there. Okay. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll cover. Okay. Ex yeah. officio. 
We might yeah. be here for a I couple of days. Really, the, I really, I mean, I am so disgusted. And that's the only the only two women on the board in the in the early days were ex officio. And that's secretary. That's that, yeah. That's really disgusting, and I'm pissed. Maybe oh. she knew her shit. Maybe she knew her shit. We don't know. The <laughs> thing that well, she and you she know, knew her watch. shit. Give her a vote. You know, nobody. Charles's music. Uh, Nobody was calling people on this at all. No, absolutely not. They and did not. No. They were like, why would we? We don't have to. And the it was board, a party the, for the ages, right? Like they all mm-hmm. knew each other. Go watch those old. Yeah, well, it's I a private event, yeah. you know, and, you know, the only the definitive way that I could find out who was on the board was I got my hands on some of the induction ceremony books that they gave out at the ceremonies, which has did that Did you have to eBay those, Joe? That's the I, only... That's the only place I think um, like Mike Norman, my editor, he was on your guys' podcast. He has a few of them saved. Yeah. That's the only way. Like I, sometimes I'll go sneak into the store at the Rock Hall. I don't buy the program because why well, would like, come on. So I'll just look and take an <laughs> iPhone photo of the yeah. to get the current board. Yeah, exactly. But there's no there's no website for the foundation. There's no mm-hmm. you can't really there's no information. Only thing they have is they file and they do this about a year and a half late, which I've noticed. Like you can only get your hands on like the 2019 like public filing for a non for their nonprofit. Interesting. Um, you can, so you're always like a year and a half, two years behind on who's on the board, who's getting paid. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. Other than that, you that's really you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and you it, it's not a matter of public record. You have to. And to your question, Kristen, I did not eBay these. I was very <laughs> fortunate to learn that our friend Bob Merlis was getting rid of them. And he reached out to me and uh, we uh, got a little That's deal. Cool. And uh, now they're in my position. Well, well, nice. well. I've got about a dozen or so across the years. I have a lot of the early ones, which is, that's, that's interesting. Do you have to send him some classic car photos <laughs> in exchange? Yeah, I, I got him special tickets to the Studebaker Museum in South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> uh, and now we're set. Going back to the list of inductees, uh, 1992, we got Bill Graham inducted. He was on the board from 86 to 91 and also on the nominating committee from 87 to 89. Which is weird because I always thought that rock and roll was the devil's music. That's a Billy Graham joke that mm. I just made. That's what of it's. Of course. A joke is good if you have to explain it immediately. If you haven't Absolutely. even gotten it out this. of your mouth and I've then you start the explanation because you can see it's not landing. That's, I've always that's a good one. This. That's how you know it's good. Now, there was a bit of a break of honoring the themselves we don't see that again until 2000 but it does start a trend of almost every year them doing it this is when they get clive davis inducted now he was on the original board was on the board until maybe the mid 2000s he was also on the nominating committee from 1992 to 2006 little clive davis he doesn't get enough credit you only know about him from the documentary you watch Uh, yeah i'm like i i know uh, the things that i know about him are i know two hours worth of things about him though a lot of whitney houston stuff whitney houston stuff dion warwick stuff barry Mm -hmm. manilow stuff they really were like he was representing barry manilow and patty smith at the same time i mean the man i don't know he contains multitudes it's an interesting story he was not a passionate music man (laughs) and then he just kind of lucked into this position and then wound up i don't know if the documentary glosses over this but like there was some shady shit and he got kicked the payola stuff yeah Yeah, no they talk about that he talks about it he vehemently denies that 
he was involved in any sort of payola stuff. He pled to like a very lesser, I mean, really in the documentary, they're like, this guy got screwed and all of of his friends came to his rescue. And he was like, it was a dark time for me, but I've got friends turns out. And then he was able to start Arista. Yeah. Right. He barely paid for it. You know, it's just like, like nothing happened. They made it seem like he was, a pariah. I think it was like a dark three years of his life, and now now he's back on top, baby. <laughs> like you know, Richard Branson's island or something. I mean, what are we <laughs> yeah. talking about? I mean, it probably wasn't around back then, but I'm just saying, like the dark three years, like vacationing in Europe or right, something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! I just just me and my money. What am I gonna do? They're gonna wait for yeah. someone to call me. I think we're hitting this. Like we're in the like the 21st century. We're probably hitting the point where it's heating up because they're afraid these people are gonna die. So they're like. Yeah. That's, you know, that's an interesting them. point because Clive Davis, I think he's still like one of the five still... oldest people in the rock, like living <laughs> members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, period. In his, I just in the think he's in his nineties, I think. Right? He was he's born top... in like nineteen thirty-two. Yeah, he's one of I. I think it's um I can't remember the the person who it's one of the like Art a member of Roop. one of the side groups. Is that who it is? Oh, I, Art Group is a non-performer, but that dude's in his hundreds. It's it's a member. There's like a member of one of those old like side like the groups. blue caps or like the comics yeah. Thing. There's one guy who's like 118 or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. No. I really thought. I mean, for a long time, I am Pay was you still yeah. still kicking it, and you know uh, this guy. I, think I thought it was Art Group, and then I emailed the Rock like I need confirmation because I'm sick of counting all like looking up yeah. all the ages of everyone when it was somebody had died you know from the first class and i was like i wonder who the oldest living yeah. member is it's yeah it was- it's interesting because also there's not a ton of information on those backing groups right the blue caps don't each have their own wikipedia page like there's there's no i think it was one of the midnighter i think you know hank ballard's group i think yeah. it's one of the guys from there but interesting. i can't be 100 sure interesting yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing that they do talk about in the Clive Davis documentary. I was just thinking about how easy it is to just spoon feed people the narrative that you want them to believe through a documentary. (laughs) And like the Millie Vanilli section of the documentary is literally it's two and a half minutes long. It includes Diane Warren saying that Blame It on the Rain is one of the best songs she's ever written because she wrote Blame It on the Rain. I believe it. And uh, Clive Davis just vehemently denying that he had any knowledge that they did not see. He's like, they were in Germany recording literally the last, the hour before this other documentary had been like, this guy's got his hands in everything. He's playing the tapes for the artists. He's, you know, he just pays attention to detail, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, Millie Vanilli. I mean, I don't know. I've got, I'm so busy. I've got a million uh, things going on. I yeah. couldn't possibly have my hands in everything. I've got a mil- million vanillion things going on. <laughs> the, re- the real singer's names were in the liner notes. Like- Jesus. That's, it was like legal. You had to actually do that, or they could yeah. have been like. They at no fraud. point say their names. Even Diane Warren goes, <laughs> and whoever sang those songs. Jesus, all part of the deal. Though they mm-hmm. decide to weigh their lives. That's you know, that's one of the great things about doing an authorized documentary, <laughs> where the subject uh, is probably financing it, is you get an objective history. Well, just uh, like the Rock Hall, it's like <laughs> yeah. So speaking of which, in two thousand one, we get another board member. He was a board member from ninety four through the mid two thousand. So he was a board member while this induction happened. That's Chris Blackwell the founder of Island Records. And then in 2003, kind of to your point, Troy, about old 
people getting inducted. We got Mo Austin, who is still alive and is in his 90s. Uh, he was a board member from the beginning to the mid-2000s. He was... That's what it, it's de facto Lifetime Achievement Awards. It like, that's what mm-hmm. the, like you guys watched the um, pandemic, you know, pre-recorded ceremony, yes. HBO special. You'd have like these cool vignettes. Like obviously Trent Reznor had a hand in his, you know, video section. It was pretty clear that he wanted it, a certain vibe. But like the John Landau ones, like felt like that, and the Irving, Irving Azoff's just very much like these lifetime achievement celebrations. Like goodbye yeah, to the world. Did this not is my last like moment. them. <laughs> they yeah. rubbed me like, uh, the wrong Don way. I mean, we we'll get there. A uh, similar induction to those happened in 2004, though. Because we're talking from 86 to 91, the executive vice president of the board, from 92 to 2006, the vice chairman of the board, from 2007 to 2019, the chairman of the board. I believe he still remains on the board. He was also on the nominating committee from the beginning to 2006. I'm talking about Jan Wenner, inducted in 2004. Oh, finally. He had to wait so long. Poor guy. I can't believe it. There's so many things in... we could, uh, I'm not going to even do it, but it's your guys' podcast. I mean, call me when you do the Jan Wenner special. Um, <laughs> well, so give I, us something. Give us a little. Yeah. Give us one little. I mean, obviously, there's a lot share. of stuff in the Sticky Fingers book, you know, that, that has really opened a lot of people's eyes. But so Is one thing a lot of. Is that an unauthorized document, uh, a biography of him? It was originally him. authorized, and then it was, I don't like this. Which <laughs> so, means you those know are it's the good. best kind. You know yes. it's good. Because yeah, he got yeah, 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 access. Yeah. He got incredible yeah. amount of access. Joe Hagan is the writer. He got incredible amount of access and then told the truth and got Jan upset. And yeah. that is how you know it's worth reading. So is it worth reading? I'm going to read it. It is. I, I interviewed Joe and after the book was about to come on, he got, he was supposed to do a signing at, at the Rock Hall and the Rock Hall booted him after Jan had put the word out, don't bring this guy there. So then they canceled his trip to come promote his book. And of course the Rock Hall's like, oh, that's not why we canceled it. We, you know, whatever, mm. but- We had a show then, in Cincinnati. It was how we planned <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. No, it was right before they did the um, the Rolling Stone exhibit. It wasn't too, so it was really, like, all this stuff was like stewing. Like they were planning this exhibit. Yeah, it was, the around. timing was right. Yeah, and Jan Wenner was doing interviews and they wouldn't let me interview him. They had uh, Mike Norman interview him. I had written, uh, I think I just written a piece on Jan, mm-hmm. and uh, no one ever told me that Jan didn't like it. But um, you know, then it was kind of weird standing like standing like five feet away from him at the opening of the exhibit. So <laughs> it was, it was, he was sitting at the. They reconstructed his office because that's what we do. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We can reconstruct really some magazines' original office so Jan can pose in photos at his <laughs> fictional <a> desk. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so that's that's like a big one. And then 2005, we get two, get two board members, two NomCom members. The first one was on the board from 87 to about the 2000s or so, was the vice president of the board starting in 1991 and was on the nominating committee from 89 to 2006. I'm talking about a guy named Frank Barcelona. Oh, Frank. He was, he's like the only agent who is in the Rock Hall. I hate it here. What did he do that was so fucking sorry? I'm so mad. He, he I, I just he really, you know, his claim to fame is that he completely changed the way that musicians tour. 
and he legitimized the rock show. Touring was not a huge moneymaker the way it is now. And he was able to elevate that. And with his premier talent agency was his agency. And he took that. It's this, it's like a similar thing to when we talk about like, I mean, Irving Azoff, he made a lot of money for his, his clients. It's like, that's kind of what you're celebrating. I, I mean, touring it. is very important. And I like get it. it's getting good. touring to a place where it's viable and it can keep a artist afloat financially, et cetera. And they credit Frank Barcelona. I mean, it was probably a number of people, but you know, he's, he's given all the credit. I guess what I'm saying is, isn't the innovation its own reward, Frank? You also <laughs> you made a lot of money that 10%. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I don't, I have to go back to the on one thing because it just keeps flooring me that the guy who's opening up every ceremony at that point, right. He'd, he'd right. come out yeah. and introduce the ceremony. He usually get booed by kiss fans. He would come out and announce the ceremony. That wasn't enough. He needed a whole induction to himself. Right. He already like injected himself. Waited. Yeah. Yeah. Like, into, well, into the ceremonies. Uh, <laughs> the first face you saw at every ceremony was Jan yeah, Wenner. That's him. That's our guy. Also, Crazy. 2005, we have the board president from 86 to 2006, the president emeritus currently, he's still on the NOMCOM, on the NOMCOM since the beginning, was running the nominating committee up until about 2006. And this is our first uh, and only inductee who has been on our program. That is, of course, Seymour Stein. Seymour. Seymour's got a lot of, like, Seymour, if you dig back, I think it was Chris, if you read the the first person, uh, Chris Franz from Talking Heads, he wrote, like, a first person piece in Huffington Post years ago, I think. And it was about how anybody who knew Seymour Stein and worked with Seymour Stein, any great band, they're in the rock. They can get in the rock on their first try. And it was like, he's talking my head, damn, talking heads. Like, he even said in the piece, it's he goes, true. we're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because we're a great band. We're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because we worked with Seymour Stein. <laughs> it was I like, mean, but also... It was, I mean, look, him I mean, and her, he, I, he brought up the Ramones and, and he was being punk rockish. Of course, of course. He's a humility that I appreciate, but yeah. also talking heads are like one of the greatest. It was, but I just yeah. say because but, yeah. obviously they should be in and a Ramones or a Ramones should be in, but it was just interesting that he went out of his way to say this, you know, to bring up that. And mm-hmm. He says, you should read the piece. This is about the music industry. It's not necessarily about music. It was, it was really interesting first person. Yeah, I get that angle. And, you know, you look at Talking Heads, Ramones, Madonna, even the Pretenders, which I wouldn't necessarily assume that pr- the Pretenders would get in first year eligible, even though oh, I they were the, they were FYE. But they're 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 kind of a, a curious FYE just based on like the the history of the hall and like what oh the most curious FYE. yeah and, I love you know, them but that they're, is they're great uh, interesting yeah it, it, yeah you don't they don't stick out as a band that you would think would get in immediately but they did and you know there's a very strong connection to seymour stein that being said wasn't enough for the replacements another favorite (laughs) of seymour that he you know couldn't quite got only went so far apparently Yeah. yeah You know, I you bring this up and it, to me, I actually we're always like, what is rock and roll? And like, what would be a good name for the rock hall if it didn't have the word rock and roll in it? And I really think we just you cut to the absolute core of it, which is it's the Music Industry Hall of Fame. That is truly what it is. If you're looking at, at the 
nuts and bolts of what the hell is going on here. It is the music industry congratulating itself and perpetuating itself. And especially with the inclusion of these insider figures, Frankie Barcelona or Frank, I called him Frankie Barcelona. I bet his friends call him Frankie. It rolls off the tongue. Frankie Barcelona over here. He is not famous outside of the industry. Correct. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all, but look at what they do. You have the artists who are the, the the headliners, right? Like they're front and center, you know, the big names around the marquee. It's, you know, this year it's Jay-Z, Foo Fighters, Carol King, all, you know, all those guys. It's almost like this sort of backdoor celebration of these side categories. It's never, it's never really, I, we look at it now in retrospect and I would give the pass to the pandemic sort of HBO special where everyone seemed to be on an equal footing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really usually come across like that at the ceremony. It's almost like time to go get another beer or, you know, get, you mm-hmm. know, take a bathroom break. No it's, one is excited about the side categories. Right. It's more of like they're doing it, as you said, like within the industry. It's about get paying your respects to the godfathers. So, you know, like. It's, and it's with what it that, becomes. and with that, the Foo Fighters induction actually makes a hell of a lot more sense if you're considering that it is the music industry hall of fame, because a lot of the reason that the Foo Fighters are being inducted first year eligible is because of their importance to the music industry, not necessarily their importance to rock and roll as a whole, as an art form, as a genre, but they're very important to the music industry. They're, they are one of the few rock bands that still can make money and generate buzz in 2021. And that is what a lot of people who voted for them were saying. If I look at it through that lens, like so much makes Crystal so clear. much more sense. Yeah. Yeah, you have to say too, the Foo Fighters played the perfect game, right? Like, oh yeah, Dave Grohl wasn't Kurt Cobain, like, and mm-hmm. you know, Nirvana got in his first try, but Dave Grohl would always, you know, never made any waves. And oh, if you yeah. watch the Foo Fighters documentary, he did some really like douchebag things to people, like, you know, whether it was the original drummer, you know, some of this stuff, like hiring like one of his heroes to be a guitarist for like three weeks, you know, or you know, he did some things that he's never really sort of answered for he made all the right decisions along the way. So you have this band that's perfect, almost like the image is perfect. The sound is perfect. We can get back to the list now, but <laughs> I'm, sure you guys, I'm sure you guys have talked about this in this entire yes. month. I mean, it's true. Unfortunately, we have really spent a long we, we time. Dive. That's on... what lies all about. Um, <laughs> I feel like I have, to, I can't not acknowledge that in 2005, the non-performer inductees, Frank Barcelona and Seymour Stein are indeed Frankenstein. Just has, <laughs> has to be said. I can't pass that up. And then you know the next uh, next few honoring itself. We have Jerry Moss from A and M Records. The M from A and M Records was on the board in from eighty six to ninety three. And then similarly to Barry Gordy, was an honorary member for of the board after that. He was inducted in two thousand six with Herb Alpert. Uh, you know, as the founders of A and M Records. Herb. Oh, so A and M both got yeah. in at the same time. Yes. Yes. Herb, yes. Herb made a lot of music. I was saying. And, yeah, yeah. He was, he, but, and you know, the Tijuana Brass. Did they get in? But they were inducted because of the label they started because of AM records yes it, yes. not because biggie sampled you know herb alpert's song on hypnotize right not because of spanish flea but then yeah but jerry moss was was on the board so that's why i singled jerry out yeah herb gave two shit right, jerry? Yeah, exactly <laughs> david geffen 
in 2010, one of the more powerful people in the industry. He was on the board from the beginning to the mid-2000s. Of course, he's getting in. I mean, Geffen has his name on a million. I live in Los Angeles, you know. Of massive architecture. Yeah. Like, he has his name on a million... The need for recognition for people who are already so recognized, it is, I hate it. And also- It's about the money and keeping these people involved. Like, as, yeah. just like it's, if you founded a major record label at some point, you were getting into rock and roll Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, that's just how it goes. Unless you're it a is, woman. It's keeping these people, unless you're a woman. Oh my gosh, wait, would they let a woman found a record company? Some have. You wouldn't know if you were looking at I know the rock that, I know that one half, one did half. Um, what's her name? Estelle's. Uh, oh, yeah, Axton. Axton. She's not. The, she reason wasn't the ceremony is in New York every other year. The reason they did it originally because the major record labels were there. Yep. And they could sell tables. They needed these people to bring other big, big wigs and people with money to the rock hall. So Ahmed and then Jan and then Joel Pressman, whoever could sell them, you know, on, on being involved with the rock hall and donating money, you know, yeah. it's all politics. Donating um, money. It's so hilarious. The idea that the rock hall would need donations. I hate it here. Okay. We're going broke. We're getting into some names where we're actually getting some creative type people. I think pretty much everybody I've said has been a suit, uh, has been someone who does not create music um we get quincy jones in 2013 now although he is inducted as a non-performer because of his you know production work he is someone who is a great musician and knows yeah i'm like put quincy jones in yeah Uh, he's the first person you mentioned that could be inducted as a performer (laughs) yeah Yeah. potentially he was on the board in the beginning and he was on the board until the mid-2000s so he was a part of the proceedings, you know, he is a, has a seat at the table, as it were. Now we've got our first insidery induction outside of the non-performer category. This one is in the musical excellence category, and it's in 2014. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about Nomcom mainstay, little Stephen Van Zant <laughs> of the E Street Band. Got in. Oh, I, I'm gonna shut my computer with the E Street Band. They didn't with put the them e in Street with Street Band. Oh yeah. Okay. I really was like, if he's in alone in no, some no, no. fucking no, way, I'll kill 20, someone. I think that's happening 20, in 2038 20, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> special <laughs> special <laughs> achievement. That uh, special E Street induction. I mean, y'all. Uh, if you're uh, a listener to the show, you know how I feel about it. We talk I have, about it a lot. I have ranted. I have did raved. You, you guys, did you guys watch? Well, that? I mean, we were not there. We were spared from. I was there the hours. I, I have PTSD from it. Honestly, <laughs> a lot of coffee, man. How long did they play for? Between their speech, I mean, it was over an it hour. Was it was about them talking. The it was really more about yeah. Them. Everybody talked. Springsteen's speech was very long. Then they performed. And then Hall and Oates got really pissed off because they had to go next. But so. they have they have apparently the line of the night, which is that they came up and I believe Daryl Hall said, "Aren't you glad there's just two of us?" Interrupted. <laughs> it like, was funny how the Daryl Hall's demeanor because he was telling jokes and he came backstage and he was pissed. He yeah. really like in the press. Turn it on. Well, I mean, you're going to be upset because you're. I've, I've talked to uh, you know John Oates after the fact about other stuff, and I've brought that up, and he's like. It's awful. Like you, you're sitting there for 12 hours because you come early. You know, you do like a, mm-hmm. you know, a mm-hmm. lunch and rehearsals. It's like we were there forever, and it's fucking awful. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Yeah. 
Well, little Steven will be on the nominating committee. At least I was going to say till he dies, but at least until John Landau isn't running it anymore. He's a mainstay. He's got the singles category now. We, get, we have he's manning the singles category. There are 13 inductees this year. I feel like the singles category is going to have to be in the chopping block. How else can you get through the ceremony with 13 inductees um, and a singles? If there are singles know. to be had, little yeah. Steve, we'll yeah. find a way. Now, here's an interesting one from 2017 in the musical excellence category. Niall Rogers was only on the nominating committee in the first year in 1986. So this isn't super insidery, but he was involved for some reason. He was no longer, maybe he recused himself, but he was on the short list of nominating committee members that first year, then left is kind of, I mean, like people have, people think of now Rogers very highly within the music industry. It's pretty remarkable though, that Sheik could not get in for those 11 tries and it had to be backdoor. So, I mean, this is in technicality, the hall honoring itself, but if you know the the process that led to this induction, not so much. Right. Well, and he's another one where I'm like, yeah, he should be in. Because yeah. I respect oh, these yeah. people as producers and musicians. Quincy Jones, yeah. Nile Rodgers, there you go. Put him in. He probably had like a Duran Duran album to produce or something. And he's like, I got a lot of time for your stupid nominating committee or board or whatever. Right. Yeah, he was a, he was a working, busy <laughs> right. producer. Was, that was his prime like, yeah. production, you know. But yeah, Sheik, I'm in with you. Sheik should have gotten in. And I don't know if it was like the way they're doing things now, they might still put Sheik in at some point. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, the, the side category expansion, it could allow for anything to happen. Maybe. Disco now is an early influence. If you, yeah, I mean, that's, gonna, that's like, that's probably going to happen. That takes us to some years that we've covered 2020, but I want to give the cred currently on the board has been on and off the board since the beginning has been on it in the eighties and the nineties, Irving Azoff was inducted in 2020. And then here, here's the longest, the longest list of, credits was on the board in 1987 became the vice president of the board in 1990 then was the senior vice president then the executive vice president by the late 90s early 2000s on the nominating committee starting in 1988 became the vice chairman of the nominating committee in 1992 then the co-chairman with seymour in 1994 then usurped seymour in 2006 i'm talking about john lando uninterrupted yeah. streak just climbing the ladder he's the goat he's like i mean i'm trying to like I'm trying to find a sports analogy of someone who just was involved in like the NFL Everything. or something for like eighty yeah. years. Yeah. Does this exist? Um, I, yeah. It's so stupid. Listen, his also induction. Say what you want about Irving Azoff. He managed a lot of people. He did. John Landau. The Springsteen ticket, man. Most, like. He managed Bruce. Bruce is big, and he's managed some other people. But like he's managed like Shania Twain for a little bit and like Natalie Merchant for a little bit. And like he produced, it's just, there's a lot, it's not a typical induction outside of knowing his connection to the hall. Cause it's like, he produced some albums early on in his career. Even before that he was a journalist at Rolling Stone. He's done a lot of different things, you know, and his journalism career is probably if you were to look at what is the most interesting, like he was a good writer, you know, he, but you, the hall tends not to really induct journalists. That's not a thing. No, they need to induct all the bosses of the journalists. Like, <laughs> right. No, exactly. So <laughs> I, I, it's, it, it, when you break down Landau, I mean, it's like a lot of what I think are kind of interesting pieces, but 
when you know his deep, deep ties to the institution, then it makes sense. I think it's just weird, you know, when I interviewed Steven and he about Landau and he said, you know, we got to get these man more managers in the Rock Hall. But where does it end? You know, He's do like, we uh-huh. get all the agents, you know, the guitar techs, you know, who make the costumes? The, yes. The tour manager. I'd actually like, rather have roadies and guitar techs being inducted than these fucking rich managers congratulating themselves they That's, put kisses art put kisses art director in like something like that yeah, you know, no, for know, sure an like, untold story you know an interesting but untold story would be uh, like I, an exhibit would be enough like sometimes like i just yeah. feel like yeah do an exhibit do you know there's so many artists that aren't in the rock hall who should be or artists at least you know put their major stamp on the evolution of rock and roll uh-huh. and you're just putting people in, in in side categories without a vote you know that, yeah. i don't know here's a question i'm positing do you think they intend to push landau out and they were thinking like let's give him an induction get him then, to the top of the ladder and then push and him then, off and then like he can do something really nice for him but it's time for someone else to be in charge of this stuff i'm sure it was more mutual like i think it's all business right you bring in a guy like sykes because the rock hall's biggest fear is if you go back to the museum itself several years ago there weren't people going to the rock roll hall of fame like it was a slow moving museum that you know it wasn't until the current regime stopped targeting baby boomers, you know, and started targeting music aficionados, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you bring in someone like Sykes because he's all about, you know, MTV and even that's dated, but he gets it, right. Like image marketing youth. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was a mutual thing. And, and, and it was his sort of his cake his you know, his celebration yeah. for Landau. I'm sure it was, it was that it also was, I'm still convinced like, you know, Springsteen had a new album coming out. It was, we can get Springsteen at the ceremony pretty quick, you know, pretty easily. Yeah. It, there was a lot of parts to it. It just that didn't lined up, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they push so much as sort of let them, yeah. let them out. Interesting. You know? Well, that brings us to 2021. Obviously Dave Grohl, uh, Nomcom since 2017, hosts the pandemic special last year, plays the game. But guys, there's one other person being inducted this year who is technically an insider. And this was a surprise to me. This person was on the board in the mid to late 2000s. Was it Jay-Z? Jay-Z. <laughs> it is. Jay-Z wow. was on the board of the Rock Hall at one point. Makes sense, too. Was he, I mean, that's probably around the time he inducted uh, Grandmaster Flash Furious 5, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think, sense. you know, at that point, he's a label head. So he gets to be a right. part of... Mm-hmm. The, the boys club. And that was around the time too. He was increasing his brand as an executive. So it makes sense that he yes. would be willing to be involved as we're now, I don't know, he does like one interview every like five years or something. Right, right, right. And I didn't, I mean, given how quiet he's been about the induction, I was surprised to find this out that he has, he has ties to it very directly. This was probably around the time he was trying to launch his own champagne as well, wasn't he? <laughs> or the Jay-Z blue color, right? He had like Jay-Z yeah. blue street marking that. It makes sense. And, you know, it also tells me that maybe like how, how involved was Jay-Z on the board? Like makes me question like how involved the board members actually yeah. um, And what does it mean? Are. I really don't, I don't have a full, I watch Succession, but I don't really understand like what a board does. <laughs> uh, I know, I know there's decisions to be made, but also, for, you know, from... <laughs> 
watching Succession. I know a lot of people sit there and don't really say much. Does anybody at the foundation do? Like, honestly, like, yeah. I might get in trouble for saying that, but. I mean, you, you brought it up office? on the show before, but like, yeah, what is the foundation? What does it do? <laughs> like, where where does all this money go? And what's it for beyond their salaries? But no, that was a good dig because I don't think anybody. The only thing we had was Jay-Z in the video. They interviewed him in the HBO special about Biggie. And they didn't promote his name, though. Like, it wasn't like. Yeah, they weren't the like HBO featuring Jay-Z. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. But he was there. So they got an interview with him for that. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, when I didn't go through the list, I had kind of a, everybody knows, like most people know the names of people who just been constantly involved with the rock hall, like forever. Wow. Jay-Z's corrupt. (laughs) We've we've sniffed it out, but that's the, that's the full, that's the full list. I might be missing some people, but like, from what I can tell people who have been on the nominating committee or on the board who have then been inducted themselves and uh, I apologize to Kristen for putting her in a bad mood. You know, I will say, though, I feel clarity now because I've been <laughs> approaching it too much through the lens of like art. <laughs> and that <laughs> and is then my you mistake. Get disappointed and that then is it, my mistake. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, there's a reason I, why like yeah. Sonic Youth, Joy Division, Pixies, like these bands that were never really industry type bands mm-hmm. have never even been nominated you know so for sure it's not a mistake you know like no one's no one's at the table that, that cares that that's the issue yeah and then when you do get like a roxy music it feels like a win yeah you know when you get someone that breaks through it feels that much more meaningful until we find out that yeah i'm like <laughs> who signed them mm-hmm. yeah i mean listen Good, good point. Who was but, their U.S. distributor? What was their label? Like, but it's I'm sure. Exactly. I'm sure there's something going on there. Yeah, you know, we, we joke, but there are people on the board that care about, you know, music yeah. like Tom For Morello's sure. like. Tom Morello, Questlove cares about yeah. music. Yeah. And listen, Tom Morello will be added to this list, whether he likes it or not. Like he, you know, he's going to be inducted. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that he is campaigning for himself. And listen, he's been on, we know he's been on the ballot three times already and has not gotten in. He will get in, duh. But through being involved with this, you qualify into this list. I don't think we will be doing another episode on this particular thing, but, uh, you know, we talk a lot about Dave Grohl being an insider. And I thought, why not give a little bit of a history of how the hall deals with that kind of stuff. Well, and so, Troy, you're the perfect person to do this with too. Cause yeah, uh, absolutely. No, thanks know. for having me. You know, Joe was telling me about it and it's just interesting. Like, and it's good for me because, you know, I always need a rock hall refresher before I go back to work because they postpone like the exhibit opening. So I think you know, August things are going to heat up, right? You're going to get the exhibit, the inductee exhibit opening. They're going to start announcing events. They're going to start announcing presenters. So you guys are going to be busy. Okay? We sure are. Oh, God. Chris is going to be trying to get Beyonce on the podcast. Truly. Right? <laughs> you would melt. You would melt into a puddle and I, I would, would have to not be, into a bucket. And take, I wouldn't be able to handle it. I, I don't say, know what I would do. I once got an email from Beyonce's lawyer, which I wanted to frame <laughs> because I wrote a story about Jay-Z and Beyonce not standing up for national anthem. And I was emailed promptly that morning by her lawyer saying, how do you know? that it was a protest or not. And I said, I didn't say it was, I was just pointing out they didn't stand. And everyone in the office like, we need to print this. We need to frame the threat yeah. to us. That's, that's incredible. This wow, is wow, the wow. of my career. Yeah. yeah. 
Good on and, you. Well, uh, uh, Troy, yeah. thank you again for, for doing the show. I want to give you the opportunity if you want to plug anything, whether it's your social media or anything that's, uh, that's out or coming out. Oh, no. You know, uh, the one thing we've been kind of emphasizing is a CLE Rocks podcast, which I do, that looks back at iconic tours and concerts that came through Cleveland. It's not just about Cleveland, but just big tours. We've got some cool stuff that'll premiere at the start of September. Uh, we got the Beatles, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Queen. So we got some really good uh, Jay-Z. Actually, we have a Jay-Z tour. So um, just check that out. Look at some of the old episodes, uh, you know, Google CLE Rocks podcast and and check it out. But that's really, you know, the only thing. Everything else, just check out cleveland.com. And we know we will be seeing you uh, at the ceremony. We usually are like, you know, would can we count on seeing you at the ceremony? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, we'll we're, we're going to be trying to ride your coattails straight backstage. So <laughs> I think you guys will get, I'm going to make the prediction, you guys will be given press credentials. I don't hand them out, of course, but <laughs> you guys have done a lot of really cool things with the podcast you know, interviewed and talked with a lot of very important and, and people that have been very informative of the process. I think the Rock Hall knows about this. And I think you guys will be rewarded as, as such, I hope. Oh, or, no. or punished. Yeah, I'm like, I, it, no, if there's one thing Neil that I should never be. Legends, yeah. They do that to Neil. They say yeah, yeah, he's the scapegoat. He's the scapegoat. <laughs> yeah. For sure. yeah. If there's uh, one thing I should never be, it's an insider. Because if we've learned anything from today's episode, that is what corrupts you. But you get a nice little trophy for it. But so. I wouldn't mind getting a trophy. Okay. Trophies, you know are, trophies right. are fun. My Venmo is open. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, our followers know that they can follow us at Rock All Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Rockallpod at gmail.com is the email. If you want Kristen to see your message, you need to designate that somewhere in the email. Otherwise, she doesn't want to read it, and I'm not going to forward mm -mm. it. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us five stars only. We have gotten, with the push recently, we've gotten a number of really nice reviews. Oh. And we appreciate that. That really does help a lot for our growth and for the algorithm, all that kind of stuff. So thank you for that. Again, five stars only. Anything less is rude. Uh, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to AKG for the microphone and the aforementioned future rock legends, especially for an episode like this that is so data heavy. They are crucial they are vital of a resource and if anyone's listening to this and they have never gone to futurerocklegends.com and you want to just like waste a few hours just clicking around and seeing who's been nominated who hasn't been who everything you would want to know it's not on the rockhall.com it's at future rock legends so i want to make sure we give them a nice little plug especially for a, a, a research heavy episode like this and of course thank you to pantheon podcasts for hosting us i'm joe quazala i'm Kristen stuttered and who cares about the rock hall the music industry hall of fame <laughs> It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.